welcome back to the Girl on Fire podcast. In today's episode, I want to focus on something really important that's often overlooked when it comes to determining your investment strategy. I'm talking about setting goals. I like setting goals using the SMART method, and yes, I apply that goal-setting methodology to setting my investment goals as well. I love setting goals, and it's something I definitely encourage you to do, not just with your finances, but also in your personal life. The way I see it, my life is only going to last so long, and my time on earth will pass very quickly. The last thing I want is to be an adorable 80-year-old thinking, wait, I, I wasn't ready. I want to do it again, because that isn't a chance we're going to get. So when it comes to setting financial goals, you've probably heard of people setting goals for things like saving money and paying off debt. It gives you something to aim for, a way to track your progress, keep yourself motivated and a plan to work with. Your investment goals are going to be a bit more complicated than that. And a lot of people don't actually set goals for their wealth and their investments. So why do you need to set investment goals and what makes them so different to any other financial goal? First and foremost, the best returns come from long-term investing, and I'm specifically talking about stock market investing here. The best returns are going to come from long-term buy-and-hold strategies, and that means that your goals might stretch over 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or even longer. For most other goals that you set, that's way too long. I actually set all my personal goals on a 90-day basis. I have a long-term vision, but the goals and the action steps I take are on a 90-day basis. That kind of thinking doesn't work well for investing. You need long-term goals to make the most of your investments. But here's the problem. The longer your goals stretch for, the harder it is to stay motivated. You're more likely to get frustrated when you're not seeing the results you want. And that means you're more likely to give up and start making choices that don't align with what you truly want. You're going to need those investment goals to keep you focused and keep you on track. You need to be super clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Your goal is going to be like a lighthouse guiding you while you're still out at sea. So that's the first reason why investment goals are so important. It gives you a clear direction to follow for the best long-term results. And that's going to become really important when you're determining your investment strategy, which is something we'll dive into in future episodes. Another reason why you need investment goals is because investing is hard and it's a risk that you have to be willing to take. Humans are emotional beings. That's what makes personal finances so personal and so complicated. If it was just about maths, it would be easy. Numbers are numbers. They don't lie and you can't change maths. But it's not just about numbers, is it? It's about you. It's about your life, what it looks like, what your hopes for the future are. It's about what fires you up and it's about what scares you. It's about your behavior and your behavior isn't ruled by spreadsheets and calculators. It's hard to set money aside from your paycheck to be invested. It takes sacrifice and cutting costs or trying to earn more. It's hard to invest your money into a market that's ruled by investor sentiment and speculation. There's a lot of emotion in investing whether you're scared of missing out or scared of losing money. It takes a lot of energy to intentionally move past those uncomfortable feelings. Having clear investment goals is really going to help you stay motivated. It's really going to make that sacrifice and risk worth it. So now that we know why setting investment goals is so important, let's talk about how to actually set those goals. I mentioned earlier that I recommend setting goals using the SMART method. If you're not familiar with it, it means that your goals need to be specific, measurable, 
achievable, relevant, and time-bound. But when it comes to investing goals, there are a few really important things to consider. Number one, why? When you set your investment goals, ask yourself why. Why are you investing? What are you investing for? Maybe you're investing for traditional retirement at 60 or 65. Or maybe you want to reach fire by age 50. Or maybe it's because you want to travel or buy a home, renovate a home, send your kids to university. Think about why you want to grow your money. How does investing fit into the vision you have for the life you want to live? This is where you determine whether your goals are going to be relevant to you and the life you want. Number two, how much? Once you know why you want to invest, you need to determine how much wealth you need to build. How much do you need to retire? What kind of lifestyle do you want to sustain in retirement? Are you investing to buy a home? What kind of home are you trying to buy? How big is it? Is it in a low cost of living area or a high cost of living area? Having a clear idea of how much you need will help you track your progress and adjust your strategy along the way. It will help you see whether your returns are enough or whether you need to extend your time horizon, which is something we'll talk about here in just a second. Knowing how much you need will also help you determine how much you need to invest out of every paycheck. And that's when you'll need to turn to your budget to see if it's even going to be possible. And if it isn't, how can you make it possible? Not only that, but it'll help you weigh up your options and test different scenarios. I've put together a fire and investment calculator spreadsheet that I personally use to run my numbers. It's available for my patrons as well, so I'll leave it linked in the show notes for you. Those tools will help you get some clarity over this part of your goal setting and get super specific on what your investment goals are. Just plug in the numbers, play around with it and see what's possible. Number three, time horizon. Next, you need to consider the time horizon for your investments. This is where your goals become time-bound. How long do you have to invest? Or when will you need the returns that you're investing for? When do you need the money? It's super important that you're clear on this as early in the goal-setting process as possible. Investing for the long-term yields higher returns because you have time to ride out any short-term volatility in the market. So the longer you can invest for, the further out your time horizon is, the better. But if your goals are due within five years, then it's not the answer you're looking for. You're better off sticking your money in a high yield savings account, a hyzer. Stock markets are pretty volatile in the short term, and that's a lot of risk because yes, the market will eventually recover, but it might not recover in time for you to meet your goals. Your risk appetite will change as you get closer to your goals. And that's something that will need to be reflected in your investment strategy over time. Let's take a quick break to talk about my amazing sponsors. This episode is brought to you by my patrons. Their support allows me to create really awesome podcasts every week. My patrons get amazing benefits for supporting this show, like branded merch, my investment and fire calculator spreadsheet, digital goodies, and a chance to chat with me one-on-one. If you'd like to show your support by becoming a patron, just click the link in the show notes. And that brings me to the next thing you need to consider that makes investment goals a little different to other goals, risk tolerance. The goals you set need to align with your risk tolerance level. Your risk tolerance is how much risk you're willing to accept. And this is something that's going to change as your time horizon shifts, which we just talked about. For example, the closer you get to retirement, the shorter your time horizon becomes, and it'll eventually reach a point where some investments are just too risky. You could lose everything 
a year before you were planning to retire, which means your retirement plans fly out the window and you go back to work. Your risk tolerance is also super important because it's going to determine what you invest in. If your risk tolerance is high, you might choose to invest in individual stocks. If it's low, you might prefer bonds or low-cost ETFs and index funds that are less volatile. Okay, so now you have an idea of why you're investing, how long you're investing for, how much risk you can take, and what returns you want from your investments. It's time to incorporate your investing goals into your overall finances, and this can be a little bit tricky. But it's a good exercise because it'll also help you decide whether your investment goals are realistic or not in the big picture of your finances. There are a few things you need to consider here and I want to do a full episode on these topics in the future but they're still worth mentioning now. The first thing you need to consider is your emergency fund. Your emergency fund is your safety net. It's going to save you from being financially ruined when the car breaks down or the roof starts leaking or if you get sick or lose your job. Your emergency fund needs to be a higher priority than your investing goals. Investing is a long-term game. It's how you build wealth, but it's not how you keep a roof over your head in the short term. So your investing goals will need to be put on hold until you have that emergency fund in place. And the other thing is debt. There are a lot of polarizing opinions out there about whether or not you should invest while you still have debt. And honestly, some of it's going to be personal choice, but there are some things to keep in mind here. It makes more sense to pay off high interest debt before you start putting money in the market. And I'm talking about things like credit cards with something like 24% interest here. There's no point earning a long-term return of 10% from your investments if you're just going to be throwing all your returns into interest payments. The other thing to keep in mind is that investing is a long game. Time in the market is crucial. Think of it like baking a cake. It needs to sit in the oven for a certain amount of time so that it comes out nice and fluffy and moist. The longer the term you have to invest, the better, and that might mean you start investing before you're debt-free. So now that we've gone through how to set your investment goals, I thought it would be helpful to share my personal investment goals. It'll be a good example of how all of this fits together. So in a super ideal world, my goal is to reach FIRE and retire early at 45. That's going to be in about 16 years. I'm currently 29. And I'm expecting a 5% average annual return and that's after a conservative inflation estimate. The 30-year annual return for the ASX is about 8%. I found a graph that shows this really nicely, so I'll leave that linked in the show notes. I highly recommend you check it out. I'm also a pretty risk-averse person, so I choose investments that don't carry a ton of risk. I'm hoping for a comfortable retirement, which includes as much traveling as I can handle, so I'm aiming for annual expenses adjusted for inflation of about 60000 per year which means that my FIRE number is $1.5 million. Now, we'll talk about the FIRE number and what it means and how to calculate it in a future episode, but this makes my goal super specific. I know exactly how much I'm aiming for. It's not some ballpark figure. It's not a guess. It's based on actual numbers and calculations. I can work backwards from that number to figure out how much I need to save and invest every month. And when I run these numbers into my patron fire calculator, which I mentioned before, I can check to see whether or not it's achievable given my current budget, my time horizon, and my risk tolerance. Those are some of the key things we talked about in this episode, and we'll definitely be exploring them in more detail in future episodes as well. I'll take some screenshots of my numbers and link them in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. See how it all fits together, and hopefully that'll help you set your own investment goals too. 
And that's all I have for you girls on fire today. On the next week's episode, we're going to be talking about a somewhat controversial topic. How much is enough when it comes to saving for emergencies? It's going to be super interesting, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. I'd love it if you would please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a small effort on your part that really helps me out. I don't want you to miss any future episodes, so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, then please share it with someone who you think would enjoy it too. As always, a massive thank you to my patrons for supporting this show. Their support makes it possible for me to create and share this content and grow this podcast. If you want to support the Girl on Fire podcast, head to Patreon and become a patron. All the links are in the show notes. My patrons get amazing benefits for supporting this show, like branded merch, my investment and fire calculator spreadsheet, digital goodies, and a chance to chat with me one-on-one. There are a number of tiers you can join or you can pledge a custom amount that suits you. Thanks for listening and I'll chat to you in the next one. Bye!